we're gonna we're gonna look at uh, Old Testament, New Testament prophecy. We, we are not going to look at individual prophecies necessarily, but we are going to look at kind of the overarching uh, topic of prophecy in general and see some similarities and some differences between Old and New Testament prophecy. But the differences are probably not what you think they are. Because by and large, what I think we see from Scripture itself is that uh, prophecy is similar from the Old Testament into the New Testament church age. What we see consistently from the entirety of Scripture is that the prophet speaks forth God's word, right? God brings forth his word to his people, to a nation, to groups of people, and it's an authoritative word that comes. Um, but I think one of the distinctions that's helpful for us to keep in mind is this, is that scripture includes prophetic words. We have the prophets of the Old Testament, right? And we've got uh, prophecies and the book of Revelation included in the New Testament. But there's also this thing called the gift of prophecy, which I think has functioned in both Testaments. Now, we know from the history of Scripture that God's design was for spiritual gifts to function on a much larger scale in the New Testament era, whereas with the Old Testament, it functioned in pockets, right? We, we, have, we see a few prophets. We see uh, people that are, are selected out. The reason I mention that is because I see a distinction not between Old Testament prophecy and New Testament prophecy. I see a distinction between Scripture and the gift of prophecy as a whole. Does that make sense? So, in other words, Scripture is in its own category, but people who were used to write Scripture functioned in the gift of prophecy, but the sum total of prophetic expression is not on the level of scripture in terms of authority. Well, how can we say that? Well, we'll look at a couple of examples of prophets from both the Old Testament and the New Testament who prophesied, but we don't have anything to account for it. We don't have any of their prophecies. We don't, and, and some we do have some of their prophecies, but um, they, they uh, and those obviously are scriptural. And the reason I think this is an important discussion is because the New Testament gift of prophecy, as it's listed, has been under considerable scrutiny. There's a lot of people who don't believe prophecy is a thing for today, but it is, right? And, and God still speaks to us today, doesn't he? You know, have you ever been sitting in a Bible teaching and somebody who's teaching the word, or, or even last night, like when we were in the afterglow service, somebody says something and it is so specific for your life and circumstance, they wouldn't have any idea perhaps of the specific situation that they're speaking into and yet God speaks his truth into that situation or maybe there's an experience of a prophecy that I, I recently have, have heard from uh, where uh, this church body was determining you know what what, what are we going to do maybe we expand maybe we don't and there was a very specific prophecy that was given to them that God gave them the direction they were supposed to go in the Lord still speaks today. Isn't that cool? It's so cool that the Lord does that. And it's not relegated just to the Old Testament or even to the time of the first century New Testament church. So um, God speaks. And one of the ways that he continues to speak is through this, the gifts that he's given to the church. In particular, 
one of them the gift of prophecy. Now, the thing I'll say is that with the gift of prophecy, we are not looking for further revelation on par with Scripture. We're not looking for any more books to add to the Bible. We're not looking for any more scriptural truth that is normative for Christian life and practice. We're not looking for that. But the way God speaks is, is to encourage us of those truths and to declare still those truths that we have in Scripture and even to speak to specific circumstances in our lives. And so, uh, let's look at some, some things that we have in the Old Testament here. Um, before we get there, we have evidence of the Old Testament and the New Testament of prophecy uh, outside of what's contained in Scripture. And I think this leads, as I've mentioned, to a couple conclusions. Prophetic activity, both in the Old and the New Testaments, it's largely the same in nature. It's God speaking through people. Um, the prophetic activity that is distinct from the overall work of prophecy is what we have in Scripture. That's not going to change. We're not adding any more to that. Those prophecies are divinely inspired as God's written revelation to man, and they are the standard for life and godliness. We're, we don't need any more of that. But I don't know about you. There's times and situations in my life where I need the Lord to speak, speak to me about what I am to do or about how I am to live or how I am to think. And this is one of the gifts that God uses. Old Testament prophecy. Let's look at that. Some key distinctions or even some similarities to the way it functions in the New Testament. First is that it's very clear that God spoke to his people, to other nations, and, and he did this principally through prophets. Moses, right? He was a prophet. He was raised up to lead the people of Israel. He spoke prophetic words to uh, the, the nation of Israel. And the words that the prophets were speaking, they were not their own, but God had given those words to them. And we see this demonstrated in a New Testament verse, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, right? Where uh, long ago it says, that many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So God spoke to them there in the Old Testament. And they received those words as God himself speaking to them. Many times uh, the prophets of the Old Testament um, they were close associates of the king. So we don't necessarily see that in the New Testament, but think about Nathan to David, right? Um, Nathan even confronted David in his sin. You think about Elijah, Elisha, close associates of the kings. They, you know, the kings would ask for military guidance, or they would, they would ask, what does the Lord want us to do? And the prophets would show them the direction that they were uh, to go, or how to direct the affairs of the kingdom to please God. So I think something that's helpful for us to remember is that the um, one of the primary ways that Old Testament prophets um, function was largely to uh, direct the nation, but also to remind them of the covenant that they have with the Lord, to remind them of the terms of the covenant that God had made with them, right? You think about Moses, um, he reminded them, hey, if you guys obey the covenant, blessings are going to come. He reminded them of those things. And, and of course, we know uh, Israel didn't always do that. And so there were um, prophecies that were coming of judgment, but not just judgment, restoration that would come after judgment and those types of things. So this is how a lot of times the Old Testament 
um, prophets would function. So you see both um, a foretelling of events that would happen and just declarations of who God is and his majesty and his nature and his character in the Old Testament, which is, it's a distinction in how it functioned in that, you know, they were associates of, of kings, but the way prophecy functioned, you can see a similarity between the Old Testament and even the New Testament just on that point. Um, moving more towards some things that I think more closely align the Old Testament and New Testament expression of this gift is that there were prophets who spoke, but we don't have scripture of all their prophecies. Think about Elisha. Do we have, we have some of his prophecies recorded. Do we have all of his prophetic utterances recorded? What about Elisha, Elijah, or Nathan? I mean, we don't have the book of Nathan, do we? And there were many other prophets, actually. Um, schools of prophets. Samuel had a school of prophecy. I, that would have been a cool school to go to, Samuel's school of prophecy. Do we have anything written from them? Um, there was also another group of prophets um, that's recorded in 2 Kings. There's one referenced by Amos. Um, he even uh, was referencing this, this uh, type of instruction in, in the way of prophecy. What does that mean? Like, why is that significant? Well, it shows me this, that the gift of prophecy functioned in a wider arena than just what we have in Scripture. That's why it's significant. And we'll see the same thing in the New Testament as well. How else is the Old Testament prophetic expression similar to the New Testament? Um, even the Old Testament prophecies and prophets were to be tested. And there were severe consequences if you were a false prophet. If you were found to be a false prophet, death. Right? Um, and so, uh, it's a common misconception to say that there wasn't scrutiny of the prophetic word. They were tested. In fact, the scrutiny was even greater for Old Testament prophets. Did it align with God's word? Did it align with the Torah? Did it align with God's law? And, um, and so, the other thing I would say as we move into the New Testament, just kind of as a bridge here, is that God's design, God's design was for the gift of prophecy to become more widespread. His heart was that his people would prophesy. Um, Moses, when he was um, speaking to the people of Israel, he said in Numbers eleven twenty nine, 29, would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Even all the way back then, God wanted to use this gift in a wide range of people. And then we have the prophecy in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. It says, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall what? prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Very clear prophecy, right? This is going to be more widespread than what it is now. And, um, and so, I think that just shows us that God's heart was always that people would speak forth and be messengers of his and speak forth his word. So, the New Testament. What does it have to say? Well, I think some things that are different in the New Testament uh, from the old is that um, 
Whereas the Old Testament kind of had the prophets, they were the mouthpieces of God to the people. In the New Testament, it was, it's who? The apostles, right? And they were really, uh, as the church was being established, it was the apostles that were the ones who were receiving revelation and giving it to the church. Um, the apostles, the prophets of the New Testament, they were uniquely called men and given the office by God to establish Christ as the foundation of the church. You can read that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, how the foundation was the apostles and the prophets. Um, just like with the Old Testament, though, not every apostle wrote scripture. Not every apostle wrote scripture. And there were some who were not apostles who did write scripture. And even further, there are others who are described as prophets in the New Testament from whom we don't have any scripture themselves. Agabus is one of those. He's mentioned in scripture. One of his prophecies is mentioned. It's actually two of them are mentioned in scripture. Um, but we don't have the book of Agabus. There's another large unnamed group of prophets that are referenced in Acts chapter 11 and Acts chapter 13. Judas and Silas in Acts chapter 15 are mentioned. We actually have prophetesses. Remember what we just read about in the book of Joel? What it said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So it seems that this, this gift had expanded just in the same way that God had intended it to from of old. And so there's a, a wide um, exercise of this gift that was prophesied about. Not every person who wrote the Old Testament was considered a prophet. Likewise, in the New Testament, this is not the same. And just on that note, I see a difference scripturally from the office of prophet and apostle than with the gift of office and, and uh, excuse me, the gift of prophet and apostle. How do I make that distinction? Well, just to examine the gift of apostleship and the office of apostleship, Peter outlines what made one a New Testament apostle. They would have witnessed the miracles of Christ. They would have witnessed the resurrection. And so they were clearly defined as an apostle. When they were determining who's going to take Judas's place, there were key indicators that, that qualified to select few uh, people who could be an actual apostle. But we see in 1 Corinthians 12, there is listed the gift of apostleship. And we'll talk a little bit about that later tonight, but that's the gift. And we don't call necessarily, like in our tradition, we don't call people apostles. We would call them missionaries because they're sent out to go plant churches and establish works of God. I think there's a difference between the office and a gift of prophet and apostle. Because Listen, the gift is clearly intended for the church. It's universal for the members of the church to function in this gift. Universal in the sense that um, it's a gift that God has given to the church at large, not that everybody has this gift. Um, it's, not, it's not reserved for the leadership of the church or the first century capital A apostles. It's given for the common good of the church by the Spirit and to whomever the Lord wills to have it. And furthermore, 1 Corinthians 14 says earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And I think Paul was so foolish as to say, earnestly desire the gift of prophecy so that you may write scripture. That's not, that's not what we read here. But that's, that's unfortunately how people um, view this, this gift of, of prophecy. So what are we finding 
the way the gift function in the Old Testament and the New is largely the same, with the exception of what we have in Scripture as being normative and, and the rule of life and practice for us as believers, what guides our lives and what gives our faith grounding. Scripture is in its own category. It was a unique work of God through selected men who were carried about by the Spirit as they wrote. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, right? This is God-breathed. Well, wait a second. Aren't prophecies God-breathed? Yeah, they do come from the Lord, but they fall under the umbrella of the revealed Word of God that we have and the authority that is there. That's why the prophecies need to be tested. You know, when somebody gives a prophecy, we have to test those things. We have to run those through the filter of Scripture. We run those through the filter of truth that has been revealed to us principally by God through his word and through Jesus. And so we, we need to, to run that through the filter. Does it fall under the authority of God's word? Is it uh, lining up with what we know of God? Um, because genuine prophecy, it's not going to contradict God's word. Um, one of the things just on this um, this idea of scripture and prophecy uh, is this the doctrine of inspiration. That's a key doctrine for us as Christians that, that tells us God's word came from the Lord. It came directly from him. It was a special revelation that was given. It's inspired. It's come directly from him. Even conservative Evangelicals who don't believe that all of the spiritual gifts are for today will, will mention this as they talk about the inspiration of God's Word. Millard Erickson, who wrote a, a really thick theology, um, if you're bored and you want to do a lot of reading, you can pick it up. Um, I recommend it. I don't agree with all of his conclusions, but it's a great tool if you're really into theology. You know, But he says that inspiration applies certainly to the authorship of Scripture. It certainly applies to the authorship of Scripture, but he says, he himself even says, it was not a permanent and continuous matter tied inseparably to the office of prophet and apostle. So when he says stuff like that, my mind keeps going like, well, that's exactly right. Because the Lord's gift of prophecy is still functioning today, but the element of inspiration that is is certainly tied to scripture if it was not inseparably tied to the other prophetic utterances that we don't have recorded in scripture then what is to say that that is not tied to the function and the expression of the gift today does that make sense the gift of prophecy functions today but it doesn't function necessarily on the level of the authority of scripture that we have today Christian theology, in other words, let me say it this way, considers inspiration an undeniable necessity to Scripture's integrity, but inspiration does not necessarily apply to all the workings of an apostle or prophet. That would be the gift of prophecy that we're talking about today. God still speaks today. The gift of prophecy, God is still speaking to us today. We should look for this prophecy. If for nothing else, then Paul said, seek it out. It's for our benefit. And I think, unfortunately, people will say, well, Old Testament and New Testament prophecy, it's the same, and, and you know, it's, it's in Scripture, so we don't need to be, I mean, like, the gift of prophecy is a danger to Scripture, is what people will say. And I think that's a really unfortunate um, 
take to have? Because I have personally benefited. Now, my experience isn't the rule. Scripture informs my experience, but I know I have experienced the gift of prophecy in my life. And it has been such an encouragement and an edification to my life. And so, um, I, I think we, we must maintain that, that idea that the gift functions today. Why? Because Scripture says so. And the unfortunate excesses of, of I think, well-meaning brothers and sisters doesn't disqualify what God's Word has said. Um, so, I close with this verse, and I want to open it up to some questions. If you have them, don't quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. So we receive words of prophecy. We run them through the filter of truth in God's word. And if they are for us, if they are scriptural, we receive them. Because it could be that the Lord is trying to speak to you in an area of your life. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss any of those that come my way. So... Uh, it's for today. Prophecy is for today. Old Testament, New Testament prophecy, I don't see a great distinction between them other than um, the way and, and kind of the circles that, that prophecy function with in the Old Testament um, and it being a more confined expression to certain people instead of a more wide expression in the New Testament church. So those are the two primary distinctions I see from Old Testament to New Testament, but largely the substance is the same, of course, with exception to Scripture.